Hello, and welcome to In Bed With Books, the podcast where we talk about smutty fantasy with each other and with you. My name is Melissa. And I'm Bethany. And where else can you find us, Bethany? You can find us in a few places. On our website, inbedwithbookspod.com, and also on Instagram at inbedwithbookspod. We also have a Discord, which you can follow in the link in our bio. And then if you go to the description box below, check out those links and you can find us anywhere else. And uh, what are we talking about today, Melissa? Um, let's find out. All right. Have you watched any shows since we left each other's company two weeks ago? I finished Sex Life of College Girls. Did you ever? No, not yet. But it's on my it's on my list. Oh yeah. Yes. It's so I'm excited they got approved for a third season. So nice, nice. Speaking of, Bob's Burgers was just renewed for two more seasons. So that's wow. good. Yes. It's gonna be the new Simpsons. I hope so, honestly. The longest okay. running show. <laughs> I never really got into the Simpsons. Me neither, but Milo did because that's kind of for boys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have met girls who are into Simpsons, but yeah, it's because of their boyfriends. Just kidding. I mean, who's to say, but, um, I can watch Bob's Burgers endlessly. Maybe That's how it's I just got like... into Futurama. Okay. I liked Futurama. Futurama, I can tolerate more. They're both just like cartoons I don't seek out. Yeah. I love Bob's Burgers though. Mm-hmm. There's something so nice about having like a competent husband in the show. I can't put my finger on why, but <laughs> no, we can't. Yeah. Um, I have been watching, well, I, I binged the new season of Vikings and I think that they are good actors. I just don't think it was very well written, which sucks. Yeah. There was points. Yeah. There was points when it was like, I don't know, the whole season just had a bunch of time jumps that were kind of like necessary to the storytelling because mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about Vikings in the past, the old show, we both watched it. Yeah. And there were obviously parts where it was like major time jumps happened, but it wasn't necessarily like so obvious. It, it I guess it wasn't like the, the plot itself wasn't tied to that so aggressively that like it, uh, it mattered, mm-hmm. but the whole season kind of takes place over like what on the one hand feels like a year, but then other times feels like far too long and like i don't know yeah they're still hot so like, not that mad you're like you're like it's fine yeah i can it's uh... like i don't watch porn for the plot yeah so just for the dynamics yeah exactly exactly so give um, me the dynamics we're in yes that um, wasn't as much ancient time. norway <laughs> ancient yeah. norway we were in Norway and uh, Russia. They went down the Dnieper River. They were uh, in Constantinople. Yeah. In England. Okay, so that was one of the things. It's like one of the subplots. There is no way that it took place over just like maybe a year. Yeah. Two months max. And they were like such good characters. I'm like, I would have loved so much more out of them than this like possibly three-week plot that took place over the entire season writing can really make or break a show it can and it really sucks because like i love vikings yeah the show 
Um, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Sorry, um, I am, um, I realize I don't have a lot of space, so I'm deleting some things. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I'm happy to keep talking. Yes, so. let's keep talking. <laughs> um, other show stuff. Yes. Uh, let's see here. I am currently catching up on you, the Netflix show. I need oh, to, yeah. when I'm working, I have to watch something that I can't, ne- or that I don't necessarily have to watch, watch that I can just like phase in and out of. Uh-huh. And so I'm catching up on season two or rewatching season two at the moment. And I'm almost done with that. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I forget how like sometimes Joe is like actually really relatable. Mm. And then it's frustrating because you're like, but he like commits crimes against women. Stop making yourself like a little relatable. It kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, it's a good season. That's good. But that's because season four is coming out in a couple of weeks and I want to be ready for that. So I haven't really watched anything. Okay. What have I watched? Sex Lives of College Girls. Um, the occasional episode of Frasier. We have been really yeah. wanting to watch Get Into Something. Um, it's just really hard because I fall asleep at night and that's the only time I have time to watch things. Yeah. And during the day, I'm like... I don't know what I do. I've been watching YouTube. I've been watching Carol- <laughs> Caroline Winkler. Okay. I've been getting back into like my YouTubers and stuff, which is nice. nice That's kind nice, of my yeah. version of like shows sometimes. Yeah. So, but I have recently, I have been needing a little bit of comfort in my life and I did not watch it last year, which I used, I would watch it every year and it's Lark Rice Candleford, which is like my Merlin yeah I told you like it's the comfort show it's the one it's my hobbit show like because they're all they're all have like curly hair and like rosy cheeks and they live in this little hamlet and they're like poor and there's all these they have all of these care like you know different characters and um what did Mila say he said there was like there should be a genre for um um like a community um what's the word not like a a village like a village show because he's like you really like village shows because like I really like Doc Martin which is just literally about like a village okay it's like village in Cornwall or whatever um and this one is about this, vill- you know, also like these villages where the, it's just like this community of people and all of these different, like, you know, there's like the one that won't stop gambling. And then there's like the old crotchety guy that like starts losing his mind. And then there's like, you know, yeah. and they all yeah. have like these like fun little, like very, like very, um, Dick and Dickensian, you know, that's but, probably a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> But I just, I just love it because it makes me feel like I'm part, like they're my friends. Like they're part of my, <laughs> they're part of my, like a little Hamlet, my little, uh, Hobbit. Yeah. Like yeah, your little life. shire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like really comforting. And then they like eat like baked goods and stuff. Like whenever, when everyone then used to like have to bake. <laughs> yeah. Something. Yeah. And it makes me want to bake and drink tea. So 
nothing is stopping you from ba- baking and drinking tea about absolutely not i still um, have cu- uh custard i need to make more custard tarts i bet i bet they tasted good oh they they really did a little too good <laughs> too good um Speaking of comfort, I have also been rewatching a show. I've been rewatching. This has been my bedtime show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do that. I do. I like to do bedtime shows. I've been doing uh, that '70s show. Okay. Uh, I just love the show. It's yeah. just funny. It's good. And then I watched the reboot, the that '90s show. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I've seen some people being like, it feels just like the original. And I'm like, it does not feel like the original at all. The original really had that like vibe of this is a group of 10 high schoolers making this in their basement kind of show. Yeah. And you can see like the production difference after they got money, after they realized how popular the show was. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Like, I don't like, okay. This feels very much like just being close to 30 and you know getting occasional whiplash from things yeah but when i watch the old show that 70s show now they still feel like adults like they're very clearly like 18 something you know they're clearly in their 20s (laughs) well i mean like they (laughs) are actors anyway the the actors are like 18 mila kunis was the only one who was younger because she lied about her birthday which everyone knows that really funny story so i won't rehash it here but like the kids in that 90s show feel like they're like 15, 16. Like they all feel like they're Mila Kunis's age. Right. And that was jarring because it when I first, even now when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, these people are well older than me. This is fine. This is funny. But I'm watching these like children now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it just doesn't compute. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we were we were just kind of talking about like the writing really making or breaking a show and there's sometimes when they're really just trying to squeeze in like a reference to the original series and it doesn't work where they put it yeah which kind of sucks but the The thing is is if you're gonna do a spinoff it has to be rooted in the has to be rooted in the belief that this can exist on its own yes otherwise it is lame (laughs) yep you can't Um, use you can't use the first version as like a crutch yeah yeah and honestly though i did kind of wish that i saw the original group in it more yeah um but the kids okay all that being said the actors were good like it wasn't bad yeah uh red and kitty the ones who play the parents they really were like the backbone of the show yeah but also all the kids are like new actors so even times Mm -hmm. when I'm like, well, they could have done better. I'm like, okay, but they're also children and this is their yeah. first like major roles as far as I know. So I'm not like actually judging them all that hard. So yeah, I mean, pros and cons, but yeah. Um, But to keep the Melissa train going for just a moment, I want to correct a couple of things that I have oh, said yeah. on the podcast in the past. Um, First one is a short one. So a few months back, I was talking about a show that my parents and I watch in the morning sometimes called Emergency and how like it's kind of a mind fuck sometimes watching old shows and seeing what they were able to talk about or not talk about. But in this instance, it was that like they were like actively having the conversation about land back for Native Americans. Mm -hmm. 
And but then I I kind of like qualified it and I was like, oh, it's this white guy though. He's talking about it and they've got him playing this Native American. Um, he is Native American. Yeah. <laughs> I remember looking that up recently because I just it, the thought sprung into my mind. Um, he is half Native American, and as a half Mexican who gets left out of that sometimes, I wanted to correct myself. Um, give credit where credit is due. So good on him for being able to say it on TV. And it wasn't like a you know how sometimes that stuff like that gets turned into like a bit where it's like, oh, of course they've got the Native American in there talking about this. It was actually kind of like just a very neutral in terms of what the show seemed to want to be telling us about it. Mm -hmm. Like the way that the interaction was being painted, it didn't kind of go one way or the other, which was mm -hmm. surprising, um, which is probably why I was looking for something to be wrong with it, quote unquote, wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty straightforward, actually. It's pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. The other thing, so this one does involve you. Uh, during our Kingdom of the Cursed episode, mm -hmm. I had made the comment about, like, Aaron Taylor Johnson would be an awesome wrath, and I stand by that. But I had said that you would probably like his relationship because his wife is, like... I don't know, it's like 15 years older than him or something. Uh-huh. So I come to find out quite recently, as in like today, kind of the timeline of their relationship. And at the time, I will, I like fully, full disclosure, I was not aware of the timeline of their relationship when I made that comment, but it is very sketchy. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know if you ever got a chance to read the reel or watch the reel, but I'm just going to tell you now anyway. So he was auditioning for a movie and he was invited to do a private audition at her house. And he's like a teenager. And I, I say teenager in that, like he was 18 or 19. So he was technically of the legal age. And mm -hmm. so I don't want to go sprouting, like spouting around that she is like a genuine pedophile because that would be mean because I don't know for real. But that's still like a questionable age because she was already, like I said, like something crazy. I'm going to just look it up real quick. It's going to pop up as my suggested because I Googled this earlier. So, <laughs> and I remember when I found out, okay, so this is part of the thing about, I hate to say this, about like getting old. Yeah. Is that like my timeline is so skewed and yeah. I'm sure, you know, like the older you get, the weirder, the, um, the kind of the, the distance, the time distance relativity gets or relatively gets. And so I definitely found this out when I first discovered him when he was, uh, like when I was in my early twenties, mm -hmm. but so it should have clicked, but it didn't, uh, he was, let's see here. He would have been around 19 when they met. And she was 42. Mm. Um, and then like basically about a year later they were married. And then about a year after that, they had a kid. I think he had his first kid when he was 19 with or 20 with her. Wow. That's interesting. Yes. Um, and so I want to take back my comment that I made because I was not aware of the suspect situation at hand. Mm -hmm. Um, I still find him extremely attractive. And then I remember thinking when I was younger that like, 
but he looks so adult. But if you look at pictures of what he looked like when they met, which is around the time that I discovered this happened, he looks like a child compared to now. But at the time, I was like, no, that's like a full-grown adult. Yeah. It's all just perspective, which sucks, but... And memory is flimsy. Yeah, definitely. Well, so... Yay. Well, we want to talk about better kinds of love, maybe. Yes, yes. We want to talk about really hot kinds of love. Because um, I think when this airs, we will have just had our Valentine's Day, which... Nope. It's uh, going to be in about two weeks from this. Okay. Yeah. So... In about two weeks, you will have your um, Valentine's Day, which I always liked Leslie Nope's version of Valentine's Day because you should. You should celebrate your friend friend love as well. So we we kind of wanted to talk about love in like books, how it is kind of like represented in like scenes and relationships. And I think we kind of uh, separated it into like three categories of like, romantic love friendship love and then like found family or familial love Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so would you like to start um well we kind of wanted to start with romantic love and this kind of question of to mate or not to mate yes and i've i've definitely kind of talked about my opinion on this in the past which is that like i take the mate name or like idea seriously and i don't know that all authors do yeah but i am interested to hear your your thoughts on it yeah we kind of talked about it once before i think um in one of a in one of our past episodes i think like anything i think it really depends on how you use it Mm -hmm. you know yeah um I do think it feels better when it's earned than when they just like happen to find each other. I felt like Nesta and Cassian's was earned. I don't feel like Farah and Reese's was quite as much. Um, Yeah. And then there's kind of like in uh, Shadow and the Ember where it's there's kind of a bigger picture at play and it's more of like a destiny kind of center, which I don't know how much different that is than mates. Yeah. I think at its root, it's very similar. Yeah. So there's all these prophecies and things like that. Whereas, which can technically like Akatar, like Farah, the oath breaker, you know, Farah Mm -hmm. comes into the picture and then, Reese couldn't have like survived without her kind of thing. And so there is kind of something like destined about that in terms, but there's not really a lot of conversation about like what's happening in the bigger, like there's no like hierarchy of like spiritual or prophetic, like in like from blood and ash or shadow and the ember Mm -hmm. where it's like very much things are moving in motion and there's a reason for it. And it's very intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say they're both destined in the same way, but I feel like f- from Blood and Ash and A Shadow in the Ember, Armin Trout really does well to like make it feel like it was purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've kind of, um, and so I guess I would kind of respect that. Like, cause even though 
Nyctos and Sarah weren't really earned, not in the same way that like um, Nesta and Cassian or yeah, or Poppy and Castile. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's not about them at some Mm -hmm. point. It's about kind of everyone and like saving the world. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think something that's interesting about the Akatar stuff is like as much as they don't talk about the Destiny side, all three of the Artron girls are mates to Faye. So at some point or another, they were intended to be Faye. Yeah. Which is kind of destined, but again, just not talked about. Yeah, they're just like, oh, how weird. And then it just happens. (laughs) It's pretty much just Lucian who in the moment when they're turned into Faye is like surprised and he's like, you're my mate. And they're like, okay, shut up. (laughs) And you're like, oh, okay. That's the last time we're going to talk about that, I guess. So I'm really, and that's, that's a really good example too of that conversation that Moss is having where you do have an unwilling party. Yeah. And the matehood and like yeah but the thing is is i feel like her magic system is so you know and i'm this isn't an insult it just is it just is and i don't know if this is the right word but kind of not flimsy but like flexible (laughs) yes you know her her magic system is flexible which means that who knows maybe there's going to be some horn <laughs> that allows <laughs> allows them to change mates you know what i mean like, there's gonna be some all ma- magical object <laughs> where yes. they're gonna be like okay um yeah i choose you and choice is gonna be part of the canon of mates in that mm-hmm. like world whereas um so far it's been like this like whatever uh the bad boys say about it you know Mm-hmm. then the then the artron sisters come in and like change everything so who fucking knows and they now? have multiple times already so like what's to stop them from changing this mm-hmm. however that being said i am i know i'm an elusian like shipper everyone who's raging right now as i say this can keep it in your pants Lu- lucian and elaine yeah, and it's not just because, like, they're fated. On the one hand, it is because, like, if you're going to make them mates, at least make it worth it. Because in my brain, or, like, yeah, I guess in my brain, I'm a little bit like, why would it matter then? Yeah. If they don't just automatically love each other. Yeah. And so I do think part of the reason it's so appealing to not want them together is because, like, Elaine has been really fucked up by everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. And unlike the other two, where like Feyre kind of went through her phase of of PTSD before she moved into the night court. Yeah. And Nesta had her slut like hoe phase, which yeah. respect. Elaine really hasn't dealt with it. She's she been kinda, dissociating. Yeah, she's been dissociating. She, <laughs> In her garden. <laughs> she goes in gardens. She and she's only friends with the wraiths. <laughs> She's only friends with the wraiths and like, yeah, she hasn't dealt with her issues yet. And so yeah. I am excited to see that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing dark Elaine for a little while. I think that's a fun theory. Um, but yeah, I totally ship her with Lucien. Yeah. Um, but for those reasons where it's like, if you're going to mate, make it for a reason. Yeah. Otherwise, like, again, what's the point? Is it just to have this guy 
pine because you can do that without it being a mage, i.e. Asriel. Yeah. I just, I just don't get that. Yeah. So. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's not based off of anything other than that they're mates. Yeah. So it's like, then tell us why, why are they yeah. mates? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I do think there is, I actually, I have kind of this like loose theory that they are the ancestors of um, the autumn court of Crescent City. I I think he'll become like the autumn king again. They're going to take down what's his face, Eric and Baron or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just thought that would be cool. And then it would be him and Elaine. And so then whatever Elaine's powers are, which we don't really know. Yeah. We just know that she can see. Yeah. Which is already really powerful on its own. Yeah. So, but like, maybe she does this stuff that, oh no, rune. Rune's a descendant of Reese. Never mind. Not descendant. They're both descendants of like but, a similar ancestor is what it is. Right. So yeah. Anyways. But rune can shadow sling just like as can. Right. But he also looks identical to, to Reese. Reese. Yeah. yeah. Was, oh, didn't we have this conversation that the Autumn King might not be his dad? I feel like we probably did. We did. I, so I we're that. wondering what? I buy that 100%. Yeah, I think so. Because there's there's another loosey-goosey member of the party that we haven't met. Yes. yes. It's going to be like Nyx or <laughs> something. We're going to meet Nyx. What do you mean? Nyx is um, uh, fair and... Are you saying that he's Rune's dad? No, but that he's just oh, okay, going to be okay. like 5,000 years old in Crescent City. He's just be this like ninja or something. And he's like... Well, I think they're happening at the same time. Spitting fire. <laughs> oh, there. No, because it's um in the future. And then they did like a time warp. Didn't no, they? It's no, they did a, a d- dimensions, not time. Mm. Yeah. Because I know that confused us at first. I think she came out and she said something. But they have the dagger. Yeah, because during the war that happened in the past, right? that's when they got separated. Okay. <laughs> we got a lot to get through today. So <laughs> they will be back with that because there's going to be more books and they've been yeah. eerily quiet about it. I know. I know. It's the longer we go without any kind of answer on that, the more stressed I get. I know. In my dream... Of, I'm gonna like what's gonna happen yeah i'm like what's actually happening is not that it's gonna come out a year from when she's gonna announce it which hasn't even happened yet but actually that she's gonna drop it like a secret taylor swift album yeah and she's gonna break the internet and that's what's keeping <laughs> me sane so it's like when you don't have sex for a long time and you're like what do i do with this <laughs> yeah not that i know from personal experience or anything me neither (laughs) um we gotta stretch first (laughs) yeah i remember that much um okay (laughs) so tomate or not tomate is just do it consciously yes give us a reason give us a good reason and they still need to earn each other yeah yeah and this is not necessarily a reason for the mating itself but a reason for why they are mates like why does mates exist in your universe 
it doesn't have to be something that the characters necessarily know yeah but something that like us as the reader should be more conscious of yeah which i felt like armantrout did well yes yeah um but i guess kind of still on the moss train is that in crescent city they don't really have mates in the same way i've seen a theory that people think that bryce and az could be mates Mm. and to that i say i'm his mate but (laughs) um but for real not deranged that could be possible because she's already kind of opened up the window of if humans can be mates to Faye, why can't Faye and other universes be mates to Faye in this universe? Yeah. So. Yeah, because if they're both existing. Mm-hmm. Destiny and all that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Destiny is like they were fated to be Faye, so they were Faye. She was fated to go. Yeah. Their, their, their universes or their planets or whatever the difference is are fated to meet each other because of the the asteri. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Got <laughs> that out of our system. <laughs> yeah. Um, so romantic love. We have a couple of couples. A few, several couples in mind. Yes. yes. Well, we don't necessarily have to talk about all of them in depth, but we can just yeah, no. hint on them. Um, and our favorite parts of them. Why yes. we think they're great examples. Yeah. And we think we kind of assigned them like, um, never mind. I forgot the word. Archetypes. Archetypes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so Poppy and Castile, what did you call them? The Virgin and the Heartthrob. Yes. And that's why it feels earned. Which you, it, yes, earned. Which you said was kind of like a. Uh, it was just like a Sandy. classic. Yeah, Sandra D and Danny Zuko story. Yes, yes. And like Greece, in the end, she she chooses, turns she chooses, she turns chooses to, to be a greaser. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> she's like, I'm an Atlantean. I'm a god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think she's like a primal now. I know. Jesus Christ. Right. So yeah, so that's a fun one because we get to see them like growing together there was obviously like a very immediate attraction but at the same time like it didn't just jump to sex it wasn't just like wow we're at the same point emotionally and sexually and we can just jump into this it was he is something like 300 years old and yeah he's got to pace himself with her yeah. And sometimes she has to pace herself with him because it's like the God stuff now. Yeah. That's fun. It's a good challenge. Yes. 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 I love that. Um, Serafina and Nyctos, clearly a brat and a daddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because she knows her way around, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of the one that's inexperienced, but he is like. Assertive, so used dominant, in charge. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. He's um, a control freak, which yeah. is why it's so fun when he can't control himself around her. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> God, okay, okay. Does this too much? <laughs> okay, yeah. Cassian, breathe. breathe. <laughs> Cassian and Nesta. 
one of my favorites and one mm-hmm. of my favorite made it because I do feel yeah. like they earned it and they earned it well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cassian was as patient as can be with her and she opened up herself a lot. Yeah. Um, and the, and we had kind of talked about this kind of the beauty and the bee situation where he's kind of like the brute yeah, and, or has been labeled the brute and she's kind of like the lady yeah that like goes to balls and his promise to the highest bidder well and i liked how when we find out more from her we find out that she loved him from the moment that she set eyes on him yeah because it does kind of add that depth of like they have to grow as people before it can work for them yeah mm-hmm. even when they have that moment on the battlefield and act in a court of wings and ruin yeah and she's like fully about to take the blast of whatever spell or whatever yeah for him like there that was just wartime desperation kind of stuff but there was obviously more that they had to well that huge the huge confession that they Mm -hmm. later that she later just like didn't address (laughs) yeah yeah if um not confirmed mates but rune and spoiler if you haven't read the second uh crescent city house of sky and breath but rune and lydia behind Mm -hmm. day night and day um i feel like we haven't seen a lot of them yet we just saw like but there's so much backs that you get so much backstory about each of them that you really it's like a pleasant surprise to learn it was such a good surprise that was so well done when you realize that it was a her and then you're just like oh perfect like she's just like such a perfect match for him you know yeah and so i feel like they're matched like they're power couple for sure yes especially like in that universe again they don't really have mates in the same way that they do in akatar yeah but there's definitely like some allusions to that possibly being a thing at that point yeah because it's so they're doing like the mind communication and um after they have sex the the like yes it was very hot (laughs) after they have mind sex after weeks of just communicating with each other um he says that he can like smell himself on her and not in like the sex way but in the like yeah because you can smell like her actual just like body smell yeah has a little bit of him in it like the pheromones kind of and you're like oh shit are we about to have mates yeah do you think they're mates yeah yeah like romeo and juliet tragic like they do love each other it's the outside forces that are keeping them apart yes yes so oh yeah i'm gonna i'm they're gonna be they're gonna break our hearts i I almost like them more I hope that they're going to be like the next romance focus, except that they're apart right now, but yeah, I was going to say it's, it's hard because prison. like she kind of, I think she got away, but he is definitely imprisoned Yeah, because he, the book ended with Hunt re getting his, uh, what is it? The yeah. Thing. His, he got his wings cut off. Oh, that was earlier. Oh, you got his crown put back on. Yeah, whatever. thank you, the crown. And then it's kind of implied that Rune's going to get it next, so. Right. 
Okay. Yeah. And then we just finished reading um, the last and the second mm-hmm. of A River Enchanted, A Fire Endless. Mm-hmm. And you put this really well in the episode about A River Enchanted that this is just a classic romance in like, it is because and i like it because you have two different ones like you have jack and adira who were like child knew each other in childhood got separated came back and so they had this kind of idea of what they were when they were young um jack calling her the heiress calling her heiress and adira calling him like old menace yep um so you have like this kind of history, but they're, they're actually just getting to know each other in this new way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Torn and Sidra who were kind of, they're kind of, um, it's almost, it almost felt like an arranged marriage almost, um, mm-hmm. because like she needed someone and he like had just lost his wife. Um, and so in those days you needed like someone to like raise your child and so I feel like theirs was theirs was like not theirs was like rough like their love Mm -hmm. story was really rough going but I almost love it more for that because yeah it had like a lot of learning and a lot of growth that needed to happen um with each other on Torin's part but also on Sidra's yeah yeah and so I really love that that's one of my favorite relationships because that it feels like the most relatable for me <laughs> yeah you know i really like the thing that i like about jack and adira or one of the things that i like about jack and adira kind of goes back to what you had said about them being like they knew each other as kids they hate each other as kids mm-hmm. but um they know all of those things about each other and love each other in spite of that yeah which they is nice. know that they're different people now yes yes yeah yeah. They're not like living in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like, again, they like see those things and there's like almost this level of forgiveness with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think differently of you because of the way that we acted as children. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So then one of my favorites, which is Zoya and Nikolai from Roll of Wolves. And I love it because of the power dynamic that goes both ways, at least like, yeah during the book because at the very end he gives the crown to her and everything right yeah but during the book they're like the power struggle is like reversed yeah and that's really fun to play with because she is a boss bitch but he is the actual boss because he's a king and i just love that she just respects him in the way that she does and he kind of lets her walk all over him a bit he likes it yeah which respect (laughs) yeah yeah yep yep (laughs) obviously there are plenty of other romantic relationships but those were ones that we wanted to touch on because i think Uh, those for the most part are like our favorites yeah it's like hunt and bryce obviously a great couple yeah but i would say that they're very similar to cassian and nesta yeah but instead of it being like brute and lady it's kind of brute and party girl it's like fallen and yeah it's like bad boy i almost feel like he's more of a asriel no yeah yeah, he's more of a cassian probably he's kind of like their love child (laughs) 
Yes, I was just. <laughs> That's a way better way to put it than what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> Azrael, Cassian combined, but love child, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but love comes in all shapes and sizes, right? <laughs> so um, we also want to talk about like platonic love. Um, the first thing we thought of was Lahaba. Uh, yes. Yes. What, what was the thing that she phrased? Yeah. I'm what with is... my friends and I'm not afraid. Yes. Yeah. And we cried on the podcast. Yep. I think that might have... <sighs> No, it wasn't the first time that we cried on the podcast, but I it was definitely up there. I think it was. I think it was. It's the first time I've like, seen you cry. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's funny because- Our relationship like, took a big step when Lahaba died. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I <laughs> cried so much in London that I forget that nobody saw. So Yeah. Same. <laughs> you just thought you were walking around crying the whole time. Yeah. Well, that's what? how it feels in like retrospect, you know, memory yeah. and time. It's all relative. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that um, was so good. Yes, that was she very was good. Such a good character. And then kind of in the same vein, but slightly different, same series is Cormac. I think she just loves to have people kill themselves, which is yeah. making Sacrifice. me so stressed for when like Akar <sighs> and Crescent City meets up. Um, but like Cormac, not quite friend, but definitely platonic. So like Bryce was his cousin. And um or I guess second cousin, kind of like step cousin, half cousin. Yeah. Um, and Rune is his actual cousin. And so like, even though they have this huge rivalry because of being kind of pitted against each other in their courts, he sacrifices himself. And he does say he doesn't want to live in a world without Sophie. Yeah. Which. I mean, he did it for a good cause. He was yes. very much the revolutionary in this. Yes. Like everyone yes. else was just kind of like had power that they needed to use to like do the right thing. But he was mm-hmm. just, he was like a revolutionary. He was like, this is my cause. This is what I do. This is what I've been doing mm-hmm. for years. And so was Sophie. And that's why they were in love. Well, and also like seeing that after Bryce has basically been fighting the Asteri for like a few months at this point. Mm-hmm was like a very different point of view about what it means to fight the Asteri because she kind of made it seem, or at least she thought that it was, everyone was just cool with it. It was mm-hmm. whatever and nobody really questioned it, but it's like, there's this entire underground revolution that's actually happening at the same time. And she had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So while we do sometimes talk about the fact that like, she is so much more than she seems, which she is, I won't deny that. She also is still kind of sinking into that, like, privilege that she gets being her dad's daughter. hmm So. Yeah. Yeah. I had a thought. Isn't it funny how we keep coming back to Crescent City? Um, this was around the time we started reading it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Last year. Of- still on Cormac too is that like it was for the revolution but it was also just as much to make sure that some of his friends could get out yeah which well that's why that's why you have a revolution you know yeah exactly exactly so it's kind of like platonic love 
for his family, for the people that he had kind for of his fellow made man. this little group with. Yeah. But also, yeah, for his fellow man, for yeah. the people around him that he wanted to make sure weren't subject to them anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the Autumn King could be kind of like a sleeper agent in that mm-hmm. to help them because... Yeah. They talk about like the stuff that he's got. Okay. We keep theorizing on this. I know. This stuff like randomly will like come into my mind and I'm like trying to go all like big brained and figure it out. And I'm like, there's no way to figure it out. I just like stop trying to make up plots for a book that's already like feels a year late. Yeah. So <sighs> yes. Can't help ourselves. No, I can't. Okay. One of my favorites though is um God, that book. I love that book so much. I need to read it again. Um, Court of Silver Flames mm-hmm. is um, Nesta, Gwen, and Emery. Yeah. And my favorite being the part where it's like they know each other so well. And that, okay. I love Mo- I love Moss books. Why? Why? Because she gives us creature comforts. And I love that. So like when... Nesta invites Gwen and Emery to the library and they have like bubble baths and like and a little sleepover. Cake. Yeah. And they have like a little sleepover and they make like friendship bracelets, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, but also like they know each other so well, like they're um uh training and stuff together, but like when they are doing the right and they have to just knock Gwen out (laughs) like they she doesn't you know she what the next time we see her or whatever she's like they're on the couch like eating ice cream or something after it all so it's like when they did it neither one of them questioned and they didn't discuss it yep they were like yeah we need to go like yeah because like she had because Gwen had played her role Mm-hmm. before they had to knock her out because they she was were also, all wasn't she injured yeah she was injured she had a bow in her leg and her thigh and um she they were in the trees and i remember they were like talking about like what to do and they were like oh we should just try and survive we should just try and survive and gwen's the mm-hmm. one that was like no we can win this mm-hmm. why not yeah and um if it wasn't for gwen they wouldn't have won Nesta yeah. wouldn't have been able to do what she was going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. But yet at some point you have to knock out the dreamer so that you can trudge. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, Trauma bonding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they go, they grow together. Like it's a very mm-hmm. organically grown friendship in the book, which is, yeah. you don't usually see that with friendships. Yeah. You see them like helping each other and learning together and like, but they're literal sisters, like surviving together and whatever they're doing, like they can't, but not just in the right itself, but also just like, we see them training. We see them having sleepovers. We see them confessing their, Mm -hmm. like what they perceive as their guilt and shame to each other. Like I would almost argue that that's found family as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so in a similar vein, Bryce and Danica, we don't really see their friendship grow, and we don't really, we know the event that tells us why they're so close, which is that, like, they'd gone on that road trip, and they were kind of attacked, but Bryce 
had her light and it went off right. and, and Danica recognized that and her. she kept the secret yeah and that was huge for them um but I would argue that actually part of the reason that they're so close is that they can relate to having a very powerful but very emotionally distant parent mm -hmm. which sucks because yeah. like they're in the public eye and because it is it's like an urban fantasy which i love you know oh yeah so there's like a different level of of like trauma when it's in the public eye like that yeah. which i think they they definitely would have bonded over so yeah they had relatable upbringings mm -hmm. kind of the childhood bestie i'll let you talk about the next one because you had ideas oh yeah <laughs> Huh. We talk about him all the time. I know. Got it. Yeah. And do I even need to say his name? Yeah. Ansel. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that was like, so we know how much he loves all of their little found family mm -hmm. because of how he is. And we get the, like his haunting chapters after the, uh, after the second book. Yeah. But I would actually argue that part of the way that it expresses his, itself, his, like the platonic love for him, is actually the way that the rest of the group responds to his death. Mm -hmm. Because it really lights a fire under their asses to defeat... Uh, what's her name? Mor Morgane. Morgane, thank you. To defeat Morgane. So, like, it's their love for him yeah. that is her undoing because of yeah. what she did. So yeah i love it yeah we'll never forget you ansel <laughs> god no i don't care that he's passed on afraid that he's a ghost yeah haunt me <laughs> um so yeah i think that's that one's a really good example of platonic love and so i do think that like that is getting to be a very integral part of like fantasy romance more because we need it yeah and we it should note too story. that's from Serpent and Dove. Oh yeah, yeah, that was from Serpent and Dove. <laughs> it's not um, like a well-known, super like recognizable as Akatar or something, but yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely had its moment though, and I think oh yeah, it's gonna come back around here soon. I do think she's... it was so good. I yes. I kind of think it was under. Definitely think it was underrated. Um, I remember it was everywhere on Bookstagram like the year I read we both read we it both like read it, yeah before we were a podcast mm -hmm. and it was everywhere on instagram and then like i just haven't heard a lot about it but we talk about it all the time on here because yeah because it's fucking good i loved it so good yeah it was a really like beautiful universe mm -hmm. that she created this kind of like alternate france yeah yeah, yeah. it was very memorable mm -hmm. it was it was it was very aesthetically pleasing yeah um and she's got a new series coming out soon. She's oh, working yeah. on it. Yes, okay. it's going to be about um, oh shoot, what's her name? The one that Reed was dating, who was locked in the crypt. Oh, uh, Celie. Celie, yes. It's going to be about her. Right. Yes. That's exciting. Okay. Yes, and she's going to be kind of badass. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. but on the topic of Serpent and Dove, it yes. was a very good found family. Which would be like kind of our next topic in love because 
found family is super important i'm realizing in later in my life um as i think we all do <laughs> but um sometimes uh the family you were born with is not what you need at all times of your life and i think especially when madame so there's particularly like i just have so much I can see it in my brain, like this book, like every scene, like that's how well it is imprinted in my brain, Mm -hmm. um, is there's that, I think it's at the end of the first book where they're all living in the forest. (laughs) And then the second book begins that way where they're just like in the forest and they're all just kind of like stealing wine and like trying to get by and Reed and Lou can't like fuck. Because they got to stay with they gotta stay with the group yeah words and they're like we're not gonna fuck where you can hear us yeah and then it's Ansel's birthday so Lou steals some wine yeah um (laughs) and we we had found out that Madame LaBelle is actually Reed's biological mom Mm -hmm. and she was a uh madame of a Mm -hmm. whorehouse and uh which was like low key a safe house for other witches yes. that had run away. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she facilitated a lot of what uh, Lou is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Reed being raised in the church and the whatever they were called. He was like abandoned as a kid. Yeah. As a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, they kind of reunite. So that is like really special, and they have like an interesting relationship there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do feel like Ansel really was like the heart of that group. Like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Um, Bo, Coco, Ansel, Lou, Reed, Madame LaBelle. I feel like there's someone else I'm missing. Well, I'm thinking back to like the final scene, which is their wedding. And there's like Saley kind of becomes part of the group. Right. And then there's um, Granddaddy Devereaux. Yes. Yes. And then there is the priest that Madame LaBelle kind of starts yes! flirting with in the final scenes. And we're like, yes, get that daddy. They're definitely dick. fucking. Yes, get or I guess get that father. Get that dick. <laughs> yeah. He's a father. Um Yes. So he also is 100 percent like the heart of mm-hmm. that found family. But I think what's interesting is that like madame labelle is genuine family but we get to see that relationship grow because like reed has so many reservations about witches still even though he finds out that he is one which is strange for their world and obviously just like the trauma of knowing that you've been abandoned yeah because what we're finding i guess we is a very big term but like what what psychology has is recognizing more lately is that regardless of if you have a good family when you're adoptive adopted um the act of like adoption is still traumatic on on children yeah because regard again like regardless of how great the family is there is always going to be that element of like otherness. abandonment rooted in like yeah. their childhood yeah regardless of how old or young they were when that happened yeah so like that was something that Reed had to get over a little yeah. bit or not get over, but get through. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And, um, he would not have been able to do that if Madame LaBelle wasn't in the picture. Yeah. Like not as well, I guess. 
she like fully supported them and helped them and carried them through a bunch of stuff at the very beginning yeah and it like uh being forced to like be around her like really helped him address that Mm -hmm. yeah and then obviously the night court found family which the core the inner circle before the archeron yes family came into came to pass um it was more Azrael, Cassian, Reese, and Amran. Mm-hmm. And we only hear from stories from the Bat Boys about how and like why they are all the night court and together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Amran was just like, I don't know, she kind of washed up one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They don't know who she is or what she is. And she doesn't even know what she is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but I do love like Cassian, Azrael and Reese's like relationship as brothers is really sweet. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I felt like that, I felt like they, I felt like their friendship was really well justified by mm-hmm. the stories we were told. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't 100%. like thrown together. Um, which I feel like, for example, like. Castile and Kieran mm-hmm. like I guess there is like that oh yeah there is that remember that drawing of like them he was like a yeah. pup and he was a little boy and they're yeah. like cuddling Aww. yeah I still love that picture yeah and there's definitely like I guess they do talk about like you know um finding like the path to Elysium and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah I think for me Bryce and Danica feel more the like how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And a I lot agree. of that does have to do with the fact that more and more we're finding out things that Danica hid from her. Yeah. Like the top one being the fact that she had a mate. Yeah. Which uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, it just sucks. Especially cause like it's Isn't from Bryce's like- point of view. And so like, we always like, we feel it with her. Isn't that like the ultimate, like, you know, we're like talking about our episode is about love and we're just like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of the time after everyone, we're like, yeah, that was just great. That's the point of this <laughs> it was episode. Just so great. I hope everyone is doing it with us. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So one that's not found family though, is the Eastwood sisters from the Once and Future Witches. Yes. That... Uh, I mean, there was a little bit like a found family element in that with the community that they build. Yeah. But the way that they find their way back, their ways back to each other is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. That book really epitomized like sisterhood. Yes. In a way that no other book that I've ever read in my life has done. Yeah, because they, you know, they grew up together, but their separation was really traumatic. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they were separated for a while and then sought each other out and they had to kind of learn what happened and why. Mm -hmm. And that's like, okay, (laughs) full circle because it is a real thing that happens with sisters like later in life. And then you actually hear their side of the story of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. what was going on. That's why, that's why you did that. And that's why you, um, you were the way that you were or, 
Yeah. Um, and you kind of understand them and you get closer and you kind of, I guess, make like not accommodations, but you, you're just more understanding, empathetic, you know, why they are the way that they are. Um, and you grow closer. And so I feel like that was like genuinely a really good representation of that. Because when it comes to family, when you're put in, when you come from a position of being with people, family, family that you can't choose, it's going to be traumatic. (laughs) There's just no way to get around it. Like, um, and so then, then they're apart and then they seek each other out and they become found family that was family. And I think like, not to say that people like every sibling relationship is traumatic, but if there is trauma involved in the family dynamic, Mm -hmm. then the way that that relationship plays itself out is always going to be traumatic. It's always going to be painted by that experience Yeah, because humans respond to those things differently. Yeah. And so like, it almost is necessary to step away from it and come back together as new people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is what those girls did. Yes. Yeah, that was good. And then they were able to leave again, Mm -hmm. leave each other again and live their lives and and feel so much stronger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were so much stronger individually. Yeah. Oh, (sighs) I love this episode. We need to do more of these. I feel like we should just talk about love every single time. All the time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Get us in the mood. Okay. So ending on a more like uppity note. Mm -hmm. From the last, the the most recent season, what is your favorite example of any type of love? Like most recent season, like this current season, season five. Yeah. Um, Obviously Torin and, no wait, Jack and Adira. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Who have we, um, Amelia and Wrath. Mm -hmm. Any type of love. Don't forget. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. (laughs) Um, I like the romantic love. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, uh, what else have we read? Again, every time we Built? try to do this, I'm like, we've never read a book in our entire life. I know. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but but I would say Jack and Adira. I that one definitely got me, and yeah. I and I read it on the podcast, and I read it to Milo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yep. oh my god, yeah, because. That is the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. Um, mine is probably Amelia and her twin. Yeah. Even yes, though... because we realize she's alive. Yes. And so I do, I am excited to see that play out. But also just because we know at least a little bit, we can hope that it's still gonna be fine. They're gonna be pissed with each other, but obviously there's something there's something going on. Like yeah. We know that her sister was more involved in this world than she realized. Yeah. And so like this kind of, she has, she's going through it alone, but she's not really alone. Her sister has essentially been with her through that the entire time. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. She hasn't been alone. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Do we have any announcements? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. If you want to do a watch party with us, jump yes. on over to our Patreon. 
or not our, our discord our discord thank you yeah. to our discord and see what I we're watching like, next yeah i feel like i think we should have like a weekends. schedule yeah we should definitely have people a can we, like pop in when they want and they know when we're gonna well i was gonna say i feel like we kind of do them on the weekends so if you want to do mm-hmm. it just like sunday nights we can do them yeah sunday evenings we do yeah. watch parties just decided just now yeah that sounds good actually yeah movie night and movie night sunday night every sunday so yeah yeah i really want to watch the mummy yes so i, I have been on the ride i went to oh, universal studios yeah. and i was on the ride a bunch of times i yeah, have a good ride the mummy isn't that weird i saw yeah. indiana jones movie the holy grail that was as close as one. i got to universal studios <laughs> you know like yeah sorry i did my silent wheezing laugh but it was there <laughs> you were, it was there okay um <laughs> your cackle yeah that that was my cackle the silent wheezing laugh is just like a smile by your like cackle a... yeah oh my gosh um i love mommy the first yeah. one is excellent the second one is honestly pretty good it holds up the third one is all right right what are you going to do finish the third one yeah yeah, so the mummy, we definitely have some like old nineties, like Winona Ryder shit we want to watch. Can we do She's All That? Oh, I hate that movie. Do you really? Why? Because they put pubes on pizza and I've never been able to get that out of my head. We can skip that part. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jen, and can I'm we promise skip- not to watch? um how um 10 things i hate about you because milo and i recently tried to watch it and it's not really that good um first of all i watched that the other day and you're wrong but yeah we can skip that one okay um i do on a serious note i do want to watch the favorite with you i don't want to watch that one i'm gonna be up front if we're being upfront about movies we don't want to watch i it's felt overhyped to me oh okay yeah it's one of my favorite movies so is she's all that <laughs> um no i just wasn't interested in the favorite yeah it i don't maybe it yeah i could see it like not really being like your kind of humor either it's definitely like um i don't know i don't know how to describe humor so oh it's fair it's fair um well, we could watch the lighthouse at some point we've talked already yes. talked about that yes these are just ones i can think of off the top of my head but definitely we're gonna do you got mail. um yes yes we're gonna do when harry met sally i'm gonna do a number of harrison ford movies this year because yeah. i just watched this one where it's like him and michelle pfeiffer are married and there's mysterious goings on in their house mm-hmm. um where like she's convinced that a student that he slept with is haunting them after she died okay um yeah it's it's fun it's a thriller um mostly because i didn't see it from the very beginning and i gotta see it from the very beginning of course yeah um um melissa watches movies more than i do i watch them when i work which makes it a lot easier so yeah so she will definitely be on every week Mm -hmm. i will pop in for the good ones (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i I, I don't see myself being able to do it every week. I, I don't want to hold fair. myself to that yeah. expectation. Who knows? 
who knows well the thing is like i watch movies so often that i was kind of like i might as well just do it in discord for when people are online if they want to join in so honestly if you see it happening in like the little movie party part of our discord on like a tuesday afternoon i am most likely in there and it is legitimately happening so pop in pop in and talk and chat about it yeah yeah scream about the same sexy parts yes yeah cool and then what are we reading next? I think we're our Queen next of myth and monsters. Queen of Myth and Monsters. <sighs> if we want I'm to so talk excited. about like destined love and fate. Oh God, and, yeah. Yes. And Can hot, sh- hot sex. Yes. So much sex. Remember there was yes. like 16. Something crazy, yes. Scenes. I'm going to have to bookmarks. do it again. See if she yeah. beats herself. Well, yeah, you have to. Yeah. You've already established. Yeah. It's the only thing that I mark in those books. That r- record, yeah. Yep. All right. If you, okay. you can hear the chopping, dinner is <laughs> dinner yeah. is afoot. Dinner is afoot. Yeah. Um, okay. So other spiels is hop onto our website and check out our shop and our blog and our pictures and our see what else we're doing. We're up to see what else we're doing. Check over on our Instagram. And you'll see my coffee or my matcha in the morning. And you'll see Bethany's really aesthetically pleasing walks around her neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, for real. That park was beautiful. Yeah, be our friend. Yeah, be our friends. All right. Until next week. Happy reading. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.